Welcome to the Health in Motion podcast. I'm your host, Evie Takis. I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner who loves to help people achieve their wellness goals they once thought were impossible to reach. I am the owner of Holistically Restored, and through my coaching practice, I have been able to guide my clients through their own health journeys and teach them to truly understand their body. With a focus on hormone, thyroid, and weight management, I strive to instill the knowledge, confidence, and encouragement everyone deserves. If you enjoy this content, I'd love for you to subscribe and also leave a review on Apple Podcast. Please tell your friends, family, or anyone who is curious about bettering themselves in a holistic way. The more, the merrier. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and is not to be taken as medical advice. I am so happy you're here and ready to learn. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Health Emotion Podcast. I'm excited for today's guest. I have my boo-boo James here. <laughs> Should I not do that? Whatever you want to do. <laughs> we're, going we're. Yeah. we're going with it. We're going with it. James Fryer is on the episode, is on the podcast. He's been on the podcast again uh, previously in the past when Alexis and I were doing it together. But there's been a lot of changes since that time, and I think it's really important that. I have James on here to discuss what he does as a practitioner. He does a lot of amazing things, and I don't quite feel like I I give him justice in when I'm trying to describe what he does, Um, but I've seen the magical things that he does with his clients, and now that he's transitioning to Cincinnati, I think it'd be really important for people to also know what he does and know what's available to them so that he can help you. So we're going to get started with an introduction, and we'll dive into some really good topics. So James, can you introduce who you are? Yeah. If you don't already know me, I mean, I'm Mr. Boo Boo, apparently. And <laughs> Mr. Boo Boo. No, uh, James Fryer is my full name. And uh, I am a strength coach. I am a neuromuscular therapist. And I am also a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, uh, which is the same certification that Evie currently uses and practices with. Um, I've compiled these different things over the kind of the course of my career. I started off as just a strength conditioning coach. I got out of college at Otterbein, kind of wanted to learn a lot more about that field. And and that was what interests me because I played baseball in college. So you kind of start off as this like um, superficial, like into fitness and lifting and like, cool, let's get strong. Let's help other people get strong. But you quickly start to learn how it's just not always that simple with people. Like I have one person that could do an exercise and feel great. And the next person does it and feels terrible. And that was just very curious to me to see people's journeys and how they very much are squiggly lines running all over a paper. So I've just started to acquire other skills that seemed necessary to me to help my clients the way that I wanted to. So, you know, I've, had this journey and I've jumped around. I try to shoot for like every 10 years. I have strength conditioning for 10 years. I'm moving into being in manual therapy coming up on seven-ish years, roughly. I'm not real sure actually, Um, but pretty close to that. And I want to do that for 10 years. And then I want to really hone in on nutrition and lifestyle and uh, some of the other similar coaching that Evie does with hormones and blood work for the next 10 years after. And then I'll feel like I have this really good 30 year grasp of all these like major topics. And I just have a huge passion for helping people have the type of life that they want to have. So that's kind of what drives me from one project to the next is like, oh, I don't really know the answer to this. Maybe I can learn some more and help this person. Um, And that just really takes me i flow along the river it just takes me from one thing to the next and i find it more fun and enjoyable learning that way instead of just picking up a bunch of books and reading random things that don't seem to have any application yeah but i and when you first explained that to me when we first met like i have a really big appreciation for you doing that because it your background is vast in that way that like you do have experience with multiple different types of people, multiple different types of areas of health, instead of just having this one track thing that sometimes people get boxed in with. And so 
when you are working with someone from like a neuromuscular standpoint and all of that, you have the experience of watching people struggle with it as a personal trainer. So you have a little bit more understanding versus like, well, I'm just going to do manual therapy and you're going to be fine. Like you have a better understanding of movement in general, I think, because you spent 10 years really focusing in on that. Mm -hmm. Like in my brain, it kind of comes like a painting. So like you have somebody painting a picture with like, they have one shade of blue and they just paint a sky. Like that's not very represent representative of what a sky looks like in real life. But if that's what you have, that's what you paint with. As you add another skill set, you can add other shades of blue. And then you add another skill set. You add shades of pink. And all of a sudden you have this beautiful sunset and sky. But there's more depth to the person that you're working with when you have all these different skill sets. Like if you only realize that there's like, oh, you know, it's the old school one is more like a hammer and a nail. Like if that's all that you have is a hammer, everything's a nail. That's one that people are a lot more familiar with. But I think it's just a lot more complicated than even changing tools. It's, it's being able to see the person in front of you for the depth that they are versus just like, oh, like they're a machine like replace this part, use this one, and they'll be fine. And it doesn't really work that way most of the time. Yeah. So what exactly, like, what can someone expect when they do work with you? My goal with clients is to be uh, the probably the most thorough assessment and screening and understanding that they've had in their life for the most part. I can't speak for everybody because there's probably other uh, wonderful practitioners out there as well. But I want to be understanding their life. So like their sleep, their stress, uh, the struggles they have, why they're here to see me, why they need help, um, how they got here through their life. Like I want to be able to reverse engineer everything that they tell me. I use that term because it's the most uh, logical. But again, it kind of sounds like you're replacing parts. But I just need to be able to backtrack through and figure out why they are the way they are now. So we just have to be able to take those layers off more like peeling an onion, probably to figure out like, oh, well, your problem started with when you had kids and had a pelvic floor issue. And now it's neck pain 20 years later, like that might be relevant to your current problem. And nobody's spent the time to talk to you and dig deep enough to really unravel that whole story to get to the bottom of it and really put you kind of back uh, together piece by piece that way. Yeah. And I've seen you do that and you did that with me. Like you do that with all the clients I've ever sent you. And it makes a huge difference because again, there are really great practitioners out there, but I don't think I've never had anyone tell me and, or I've never personally experienced somebody going in as depth as you have regarding what happened to you 20 years ago actually might be relevant to what's happening today. And it's not just like, oh, it's pelvic floor, but you're you're like, oh, but we need to look at all the other things too. So to kind of backtrack, what you're saying is people do come to you in terms of like they're in pain, right? Like that's what people initially reach out to you for. Like who, why would someone, why would someone contact you? Mm -hmm. um, pain is the most common theme um being not being a doctor i try to remind people that i am not I, well, first of all i'm not a doctor so i'm not going to diagnose and cure them in any way i can look at their body we can take that really in-depth uh, assessment and intake and help create a path that puts them back in a position to have the life that they want to have. So again, if all of the areas of your body, let's just break it down, like feet and ankles and knees and hips and pelvic floor, core, ribs, shoulders, neck, eyes, so forth, you can just pick any body part. If they're all doing what they're supposed to do, they're all functioning well, then people tend to not have aches and pains. So I'm not going in uh, with this myopic view of what I need to fix. I'm looking at the big picture and we're just going to start making things work as well as they can throughout your whole entire body. And by the time people start having all these parts work well, they're like, huh, 
whatever thing I had doesn't really hurt anymore. Like, I don't know why, but it just feels fine. Like, our body isn't made to put too much effort and load and stress into very particular areas. It's meant to be kind of diffuse throughout our whole system. Um, so I've just really went with the approach that like if everything works the way that it's supposed to, usually you start to feel a lot better. And over the years, like I've just been, you know, word of mouth, essentially, that one person gets better. They tell somebody else the next person gets better. And we just keep sharing that. But I really find that that's just how I like to practice. And that approach helps people take the focus off their unique issue or pain and just focus on being better. I'm stronger than I was yesterday. I move, I have more mobile than I was yesterday. I breathe better than I did yesterday. I handle stress better than I did yesterday. And as long as they keep taking those steps forward, eventually they're gonna get to a place where they feel a lot better because they're more of all of those things now. Yeah, and that's something that speaking from personal experience, I know that I've struggled with because I've gone to people in the past where it's like, I just want you to fix this one particular thing. And it's like, we never got to the root cause of why that was an issue in the first place. Like I chronically would have really tight traps or I'd get headaches or my neck was stiff. And it was like, nobody was looking at other reasons why that would happen. And that's your different approach is you're looking at, well, the neck is stiff for a reason, or you get these headaches for a reason. And also, I think the fact that you can integrate the functional medicine perspective is really, really key because sometimes it's not just a structural or physical issue. It's more of like, well, let's look at your diet or let's look at your stress level or the way that you're sleeping. So that's what I really love about you professionally is that you do have all these things like in a way, it's a jack of all trades mm -hmm. of I have information on sleep. You know, you've done sleep courses and you have all these great resources on enhancing sleep. You have stress management stuff through the breath work that you've done. Uh, you have the functional medicine approach. So all of these things play a role in why someone might be experiencing symptoms that any other practitioner who's just looking at the physical body is going to miss and maybe like overreach in that treatment versus like, hey, we should also be considering these areas of your life that could also be contributing to your symptoms. Yeah. Like, I mean, most of the people that come to me have worked with three, four, five practitioners beforehand and haven't quite figured out why they're having problems still. So, and again, some of them are good practitioners and it's like, okay, why would I want to bang my head against the wall trying to go at it the same way they did. And I get that pretty regularly where it's just without taking that thorough intake and assessment, you might miss things. And asking good questions is really important as a practitioner. And I'll find unique cases where somebody has back pain, a female has back pain, and she never really realized that her back pain is only during her menstrual cycle. That when she tries to work out, then her back flares up every time. And so we ha we can't ignore how her internal body is affecting her low back pain. So that she will get passed around from person to person trying to fix why her back hurts. But it's never going to get completely resolved until you take that other step that's necessary. So uh, I do pride myself in making sure that I can see things that aren't as obvious to other people by having uh, a bigger view of health in general, whether that's functional medicine or strength coach, massage therapy. I have a lot of friends and coworkers and people that I refer to that are other types of doctors and physical therapists and chiropractors that they help educate me. And, and if I'm confused, I'll ask them questions and then we figure out oh, like actually this person needs to maybe work with both of us because um, I can't do everything. But if you take that person and put them in the right care, then you're still responsible for them getting better in that case. Like, I don't care if I don't get paid for it. Like the goal is to get people better and back on track. And I can't always do that for everybody. Yeah. Well, I there's one situation. I don't know if you remember this or if it clicked for you at all, but this was... I don't know, a while ago now, I had a client who um, 
was experiencing bloating and I felt, I'm like, gosh, I feel like we're doing everything from like my scope to combat this. Like we're doing food stuff. We've done, you know, supplement, you know, supplement support. We've talked about, you know, fiber, like we've done all these things and I'm still not understanding why she feels like she still has that look of being bloated. Like she doesn't feel as bloated, but it's a look of bloat. And I remember sending you a picture or no, I asked you like, is there something you think I'm missing? Right. Cause like I would, you know, want to talk about things with you and you're like, you know, like, well, what does she look like standing or whatever? And I sent you a picture and you were like, oh, it looks like her pelvis is tilted this way or whatever, like the way she was standing. And it's like, there's no way I'm going to know that. Like, that's not my expertise. And so again, you just have this very unique view of there's multiple things that could be going on to be causing someone to look and or feel this way. And sometimes it's not the food you're eating or it's not just the nutrition. Like maybe Mm -hmm. it is structural. And again, I'm not the person for that. So it's been really nice to tag team in that way for those specific cases of like, I can't figure this out. Is there anything from your lens that you might be seeing that could be off? Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about gut health, like the physical issues that then present themselves uh, you could have somebody that's diaphragm and pelvic floor aren't working together. In a perfect world, when the diaphragm moves up and down, it pumps the liver, it pumps the guts, it helps the peristalsis and everything get digested and move through the system. If somebody's pelvis is kind of tipped or dumped too far forward, their guts are literally spilling out forward and it makes them look like they have a big pooch belly. So until you can reduce some of that orientation of their belly tipping forward, they're always going to feel like, oh, my lower belly still looks fat maybe, or it just feels bloated. And they might not actually have an internal problem anymore. They just might need to correct their, their strength and their pelvic position and the orientation of that stuff. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, like I look leaner every day now just from fixing my posture. Um, so when somebody's looking for full body improvement, you, you just have to open your scope a little tiny bit to be able to understand, like, I don't need to be great at everything. I love the, I found a book and I love the term, like as a neo generalist, you said like a jack of all trades, but instead of being like an inch deep and a mile wide, it's like, I'm like, you know, 12 inches deep and a mile wide. Like it's not so far that I'm like an Uber specialist in anything but I have more than enough information and I try to seek out the best people in each area to learn from during that 10 years so that I can get really good at it really quick, hopefully, and understand what are the, what are the options that are in front of me? You know, if there's a hundred options, then you can start filtering through those and helping people find what they need. Yeah. And I'm curious for you to explain, like, what are things that someone who comes to work with you after the assessment, you know, they're, they're working with you, they they understand the game plan, like, what are some things that you do implement with your clients to help them get better? Is it exercises? Like, you're a massage therapist. So is this like where they come in a dark room and they get a massage? Like, what does that actually look like with you? Because it's way different than what most people think of when they hear massage therapy. Yeah, that's why I don't call myself a massage therapist. Typically, yeah. I, I, go <laughs> I usually by, don't I, call you that either because I'm like, I don't people thinking they're like going and like stripping yeah, and yeah, getting yeah, in like yeah. a, I, uh, taking I, a nap and falling asleep for 30 minutes. I run from that term just because <laughs> everybody, you know, starts taking their clothes off as soon as they get out of the car, I think, when, <laughs> when they're like, oh, I'm going in for a massage. Here we go. Um, and so, no, I go by neuromuscular therapist because most people don't know what it is. Um, and so this way that, they leave their clothes on <laughs> the entire time. I might have like a guy take their shirt off or like a female has a sports bra on so I can see how their shoulders or ribs or their body is moving. And it might be more of like what somebody would think of as a sports massage. So like that might click for some people. It's like, oh, like, yeah, like your clothes are on, you're moving around, but they're working on you, pulling on you, doing different stuff. Um, but yeah, so to me, massage therapy is the first step in movement. If you can't move yourself properly in the way that I view it, then I can do it for you. I can start to move your tissue. I can move your blood. I can move your lymph nodes. I can move, you know, give your skin some sensation. I can help your scapula or your bones move a little bit better if they don't already. 
And that usually happens. And they're like, oh, it doesn't hurt when you do it for me. But it hurts when I do it for myself. Because they don't have the skills and the strength and everything yet to be able to replicate that on their own. But I can help them understand what it should feel like by being hands-on. So I help people feel what the right positions or movements are. And then slowly teach, educate, and present some potentially strength training type exercises or mobility type exercises or breath work to help them enhance that so they can start to do it on their own correctly. And then we just move along that spectrum to be getting stronger and stronger and more functional so that they feel that they can lift and do whatever they want to do on their own. So, um, and then tools wise, you know, I use my hands a lot to help guide people, but cupping, um, I've used Graston in the past. I'll use rock tape, whatever I need to help people replicate, to help people relax the tissue properly. Um, so I don't really abide by a certain tool set. I try to use everything and whatever is most useful in that particular scenario to help people feel better. So it's a mix of most of the people are going to start with some manual therapy just again. So you can start to teach them one, what it feels like, get them to move in that way, get them to learn that like, oh, it is possible that eventually I can do this without pain. And then you move into the, you know, you kind of graduate them into now let's start to have you do it. And that's done through strength training, different breath work techniques, which I do want to talk more about. Maybe that's for another episode, but, um, And so that's something that, again, it's like, that's when I struggle to explain what exactly you do. Cause I'm like, he just does multiple things to help people, but it just works and you fuse all that together. And so when you are working with people, is this something that, and I always ask people who like do hands-on work with people, like I've asked chiropractors of us, physical therapists, like what's your viewpoint on, do you think people should need you the rest of their life? My goal is that I'm teaching and educating in a way that they can take care of themselves without me. So some people choose to continue working with me for who knows what reason. I just entertain them enough (laughs) that they want to pay me to laugh every once in a while. I don't know. Like maybe I'm a half comedian too, but, um, but really like, It's the people that are curious and they want to improve their quality of life. And they understand even after I help them get rid of their ache and pain of whatever thing they may have came in for initially, that I can help improve their quality of life in other ways, whether that be regular strength training, whether that be regular stress management, whether that's if somebody is more on the end of a professional athlete or somebody that likes to play hard and stuff that they might need a little bit of maintenance here and there because they're going to get dings and beat up once in a while. Uh, Like if you're doing jujitsu for fun, like you're going to have aches and pains. Like that's just part of the gig. Um, So some people see me, you know, longer term for that reason. Uh, Other reasons could be like clients I've had that have MS or unique issues that most personal trainers or strength coaches aren't uh, equipped to work around those issues all that well. Um, so I've kind of picked up those people too, because we can get them stronger. We can get them active, get them feeling better. And it just takes a more unique, uh, mindset on that. So yeah, like if somebody wants to come in for a couple sessions and never see me again, that's my goal is that I can get them healthy and strong and, and then they're off to whatever they want to do. But you know, it kind of varies person to person, but yeah, I don't want them to need me. Um, I would prefer that they come back by choice because they want to continue improving their quality of life. Yeah. Well, I just think I've talked to people who are like, oh, you're going to need to come in every week for the rest of your life. And I'm like, I just, that doesn't sound right. And I've said this before on the podcast, like even for me as a coach, I don't want my clients to need me or need me to hold their hand or guide them so closely the rest of their lives. I have support built in for when we're done working together. Um, The door's never shut in that way, but I just, it's like, it feels kind of weird to me to set someone up to not have their success on their own. And so I I like that you have that approach as well when you work with people from that perspective. So, yeah, I think it's, I hate to say this in this way, but like, I feel like it's somebody's 
like a practitioner's own ego that leads them to be that way. I agree. Like you need me for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like I agree. I'm the only one that can help you stay healthy and my hands are magic. You know, like if we teach people properly and teach them how to maintain health, whether that be through nutrition or movement or whatever, it, we should be able to be healthy beings without needing constant stimulus. Like humans are meant to be healthy and like flourishing, not flailing and barely getting by every day. So, and again, people start in different places and they need different levels of teaching, but everybody should be able to get to a sustainable place at some point. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, yeah, I don't know if I would have been able to say that. <laughs> Maybe a little too chicken shit to say that, but I think it is right. There is a little bit of the ego in there for people. Um, and one of the things that, again, I've we've had a working relationship for a few years now anyways, but I'm excited for all the things that we have going on in our life. But I am very excited that you're going to be able to bring this to Cincinnati because from what I understand and talking to other professionals who are people that you would obviously work well with, like we just don't have anybody who views it in that way. We don't have anyone doing what you're doing. You're fusing all these different things. And so I think it's really nice to have people hear more about that from that perspective. And, you know, we work together in terms of holistically restored. What you've been doing with clients has been really nice. Like every new client that works with me has a session with you and we call that the stress and strength session. So that way they can approach it and talk about stress management, talk about their sleep, talk about aches and pains they're having. Maybe there's some manual therapy involved in that. Like you've done a lot of things to help clients have a better understanding of the things that I'm trying to teach them from that perspective too. But one of the biggest things that we've done so far together work-wise is you have uh, written the workouts for clients. So we decided to put different phases of workouts together on an app and clients that's included in them working with me and you. And so I want to transition and focus a little bit more on the strength training stuff, even though again, there's multiple things we can talk about, but that'll have to be another episode. But from strength training, um, you know, what type of approach did you take when it came to writing these workouts? Because a lot of clients do mention like, this is a little different than what I've done, but I like it or like they see the value in it, but it is different. So how would you describe the way that you approach that? Yeah. Strength training is my bread and butter. That's my undergrad. That's, you know, I've been lifting weights since I was 12, probably. So it's going on 24 years. And before I kind of got into my own practice, I was working at a facility in Columbus uh, called the Human Form that we work specifically with people with aches and pains. Like that was literally our target market. People with hip replacements, autoimmune diseases, a, you know, you name it. You, we've had one of them probably. So when I was there, I learned that you can't just walk in the gym and give somebody a barbell and throw a barbell on their back and have them squat. Like you learn real fast. That that's not the entry point for most people, um, especially people with some health problems. So my goal with Holistically Restored was to bring more value to your business and to your clients. And again, a lot of people with um, hormonal issues with uh, lots of stress, their bodies aren't functioning the way that they should, potentially a lot of inflammation as well. They need to use strength training as a way to enable themselves to feel better and to get active, to get moving, to know that they don't have to have aches and pains all the time. So when I thought about designing these workouts, it's a lot like what I did with the human form is we're mixing strength training with some mobility work. If your joints all hurt because your body is inflamed, adding a lot of load too quickly is only going to make things worse, whether that's for arthritis or you, you name it. So what we want to do is have a lower barrier of entry other than a barbell. We teach people how to squat, teach people how to hinge. Uh, you can send videos back through the app to have communication as needed. And then once you get really good at doing those motions, we slowly add five pounds, 10 pounds, 15, 20, and so on. And eventually you get to lift big weights if you 
desire and if that is part of what you need to have your life back. If you want to be active and lifting and hiking and doing things, we shouldn't just be picking up 10 pound weights or we shouldn't just be doing body weight stuff. So we need to have progressive overload. So progressive overload is you lift a little bit more weight than you did the last time you were in, or you add a little bit more time to the exercise you were doing or so on. And so it has to get more challenging and it needs to be consistent. If I do a squat once a month, you're never going to get better at squats. It's too far in between the last time you've done it. We need to get some stimulus at least once a week, maybe a couple times a week at those kind of patterns to see progress and to have measurable, tangible changes in our performance, not just we're not here to get fatigued. People think of I need to go to the gym to get tired or I need to work hard because I had an Oreo yesterday. And what we need to be thinking of is, does my body perform better today than it did yesterday? Did I get 1% better? Am I a little bit stronger? Are my lungs and heart a little bit better? Is my core a little bit better? Does it feel easier to breathe while I'm lifting? All of these things need to have consistent improvement if we want to improve quality of life. Yeah, what you just said is something that I used to think of like, I have to just kill myself in the gym in order for me to have a good workout. And I'm doing different workouts every time because I don't want my body to get used to it. I don't want my muscles to get used to it. That was this myth that like a lot of, especially females have of like, I have to change things up all the time. And with our workouts, it is, it's, we said we have phases and it's progressive overload of the first phase. And to be quite honest, and I told you this, I was kind of like, this feels too easy easy for me. And then, you know, you break it down and you're like, well, like your hinge could be better this way. And it's like, I had been lifting for a long time anyways. And I feel like I'm a little bit more advanced than the average person. However, it's not like I'm perfect or flawless. And I still don't have, like, I still have issues with my movement mobility and I can improve things. So like me almost, I don't want to say starting from the, from the, you know, beginning, but like going back in a way of like, let me just fine tune this actual movement before I jump into continuing to have this heavy weight on me, um, was really important for me. And it was, it was a little like I had to practice patience because I was like, I want to put more weight on the bar or I want to be using a barbell or I want to be doing this. But then it was like, I also see the value in learning how to move properly because if I keep lifting heavy weight and I can't do it properly, I'm just going to end up needing you anyways for like, you know, supporting me and I'm going to get hurt or I'm like, I'm going to have bigger issues down the road. Mm -hmm. So like, that's something that I want people to understand too, is like you start from a, you don't think this way, but this is a way that I interpret it for myself of like, bitch, you don't move as well as you think you do. So you need to take it back to the beginning. You need to start crawling again before you can walk. And so learn how to move better. And then you can move into the more advanced stuff later. And now that I'm in phase three of the workouts, I see how much value it was spending six weeks doing basic hinge patterns, because now my hinges are like really good and they feel really good. And it's like, if I didn't have that time before, then I would just probably be continuing, like maybe be going down the wrong path anyways. And then I'd have some injury or, you know, whatever. So I like that you've done that. And it's, but it's hard for people to see that because everyone wants something quick. They want something fast. They want to be sweaty and they want to walk out of there feeling like they, you know, that's a good workout to a lot of people. And so we're trying to like rewire that in their brain of like, no, a good workout does not always just mean that. Yeah. The strength training isn't a quick fix in any way. It is like the antithesis of short term. Like strength training is forever. And when you're gone, the steel barbell or kettlebell will still be there. So we need to get it in our heads that strength training is forever. The end. And there's lots of different ways to do that. But everybody, I think every year should start at the bottom. Just pretend like you know nothing and practice the fundamentals. And can you get better at them? Because if you look at martial arts, if you look at some other sports that I was involved with, like Olympic weightlifting, 
they literally, the strongest athletes in the world pick up a blank barbell every time and practice their movements. They don't grab their max weight and start throwing it over their head. And you have, I work with professional athletes and I've had Olympic, uh, I've had Olympic um, weightlifters that are national champions. I have semi-professional baseball players and we break all of their movements back down into the basics. And they're like, holy shit, I never have been able to feel my hips and legs like this before. Like, I didn't even realize I could use them that well. So if professional athletes aren't feeling and using the right stuff all the time, there's probably zero chance every general population person is doing it perfect. And that's where I find people hit plateaus. The plateaus aren't coming from doing the same exercise over and over and your muscles like knowing what they should do. Like, well, this won't get stronger because we've done this a bunch. Like, that's not how that works. The plateaus come from where your form and your details start to fall apart. So, for example, like maybe your form is good enough to deadlift 225. But if you try to go past 225, then your back hurts. Because your form didn't allow you to continue pushing without things starting to break down. So if you go back then and re-scratch your form, improve all those details, maybe work on a few other things, then all of a sudden somebody can deadlift 300 pounds and their back doesn't hurt. But then over 300, it starts to hurt again. And then you start back at the bottom, clean more things up, and then you go up again. The problems aren't coming from our muscles learning and understanding. They're coming from our limitations our physical limitations and our mobility and our movement skills are what causes these plateaus to happen. And maybe you max that out at some point and that's great, but there's, unless you've had a lot of really good coaches, like you probably, and you're nowhere near your top performance and your top strength and your top mobility. And those things are all out there for the taking. If somebody wants to get better and stronger, but you kind of have to start back at the bottom all the time and just how do I get better here to make my lift stronger, my body stronger and have less aches and pains by doing things better. You were the first person to explain that to me because when I first, you had written a workout program for me, you know, a while ago. And I remember I was like, this is very simple and basic. <laughs> like, does he not know that I can deadlift like 245? How dare he take the barbell away from me? And you were just like, you explained it to me in that way of you shouldn't like, you shouldn't be deadlifting with a barbell all year round, right? Like you like look at it as seasons, like mm -hmm. athletes have off seasons and they're training in a different way at that point, or mm -hmm. they're fine tuning things. And I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much more sense. Like I'm doing the exact same stuff all year round, not really getting better, having aches and pains. And so I just thought like, well, why not try to do it differently at this point? Like obviously the same stuff is getting me worse results. So like when you explained that to me and then I experienced it firsthand, I was totally bought in because originally I was like, this is not going to work for me. Like I need my barbell. And I was like doing like kettlebell stuff. And I was like, no, like I'm moving backwards. But honestly, at the same time too, I do want the females to hear this. My body started to change in the way that I finally wanted it to when I stopped doing that stuff. Like when I started working out with your programs and got away from like all the barbell stuff and all the traditional things I'd been doing for like 10 years, I also started to feel not just better physically in terms of aches and pains, but I felt like my body from an aesthetic standpoint started to look the way that I always thought that it should given the amount of effort that I was putting into my health. And so I was like, this is weird. Like some, there's something to this that I just have never been exposed to before. Yeah. I think new nutrition and lifting are almost identical when you kind of break them down that way. So if you try to lose weight for an entire year, eventually your body starts to bite back. Your hormones get worse, your sleep gets worse, your motivation is low, and your body just can't sustain that anymore. And it's trying to tell you that this isn't going to keep working at this length of time and this duration or so on and this intensity. So heavy barbell lifting is very similar. So if you're trying to get a max deadlift, 
and you're going at it for an entire year, a lot of people will start moving backwards unless they've got, again, really good coaching and organization. They feel like their body is just taxed, like their joints hurt, their back hurts. They're not getting stronger. They're usually getting weaker. Again, it's the same. We need cyclical, you know, seasons or adjustments. And I never stop teaching somebody how to hinge better, but it might be a body weight hinge for a little while while they're taking a break from that. And then it might be something with kettlebell hinging or a single leg hinge where we're adding a little bit of load to it. It is maybe breaking it down like, okay, why isn't your hinge very good? And we chunk that down into a couple pieces and work on that for a while. Then we go back to RDLs. Then we have a phase, maybe it's four or eight weeks, where we start deadlifting again with a barbell. And then all of a sudden, usually at the end of that phase, they're lifting more than they were before we stopped. And they've only been doing it for a couple of weeks. When they feel like they're starting to plateau, we start to make adjustments again. So it's the same thing with nutrition. If we want to do a little cut and lose five or 10 pounds, usually we need to do the opposite first. We need to make sure that you're eating a lot of good food, you're sleeping well, sex drive is great, you know, you have a lot of motivation and your body is running at, you know, 100%. And then we can push the issue for a while because then when it only, when you push it, then it only drops down to 75% or something like that. And then you rebuild it back to 100 and go again. So we need these seasons of, Harder lifting, a little bit lighter, somewhere in the middle, you know, and we just need to move through that stuff cyclically without ever stopping. Like, I don't want you to take 12 weeks off of hip hinging. Like, that's not necessary either, because then you lose some of that skill based motion and your hips just might get tighter. Um, but it is their nutrition and strength training are very much the same where things need to be a little bit more cyclical uh, in nature. Well, and women have a really hard time with that. And again, I'm mostly working with women and and I know you work with women too, but like, it's really hard for them to, to hear that. And just culturally, there's been so much of a boom of these group fitness classes and these high intensity interval training classes. And so it's hard for people to grasp that because what you're saying though, is like that stimulus of we're just going to go there. Let's talk about orange theory, mm -hmm. right? The stimulus of people doing something like that to start, usually people have good responses with it because it's mm -hmm. like something new. It's something intense. They're like, oh, I've lost a lot of weight or I feel I'm faster. And like, I think that's great. And those types of places are really good, in my opinion, at building camaraderie. They're building, you know, a nice work ethic with people. There's a lot of teamwork involved. Like, I think it's really good at getting people who otherwise wouldn't want to go to a traditional gym. They're getting them moving. And so I think that's great. But what happens is over time, people start to plateau. And the reason I'm saying this is because I've had a handful of clients that have come to me that have been doing something like an orange theory or a burn or something like that for years. And they're like, I still just like, I can't lose weight anymore. Like I've just, I've plateaued, I've stopped or I'm in pain or like, you know, that. And so I'm like, we have to look at it of are we at the point where we need to change directions? And that's what you're saying here is that sometimes you have to step back and start from the beginning to build yourself back up. That way, when you do plateau, you're not at 40% anymore, you're at 70. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's like this big cultural battle that people like you and I just, you know, practitioners face of how do we educate people on this without shitting on what they're doing, but also like you need to understand the big picture here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, Orange theories, you know, fun fitness classes aren't helping you perform better consecutively day after day, week after week. Like, yeah, you could break a PR in a one mile run in an orange theory class. But again, if if your intensity level is high and you don't have a real good foundation of fitness, you're going to run into a wall like we, we were just talking about and feel like you're not getting anywhere. And that high intensity, you know, challenge, again, you nailed it, is that it, it can really be impactful community wise, CrossFit, you know, those things can be really impactful in that way. But it's not really building our foundation. It's just challenging us to push, 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 push. And if somebody's hormones are already in the tank, 
if somebody's stress levels are through the roof, those things might actually push us over the edge and make us feel a ton worse. And and that's kind of I, I hear this rec- general recommendation a lot. And it's the intention is right where a doctor or a functional medicine doctors especially like to do this and they'll say, hey, like your body is shot, like your hormones are gone, your cortisol is gone. You should stop any fitness and just go to yoga class. But yoga class isn't just like lay and meditate anymore. They're hot yoga classes, which are sweating a ton. And that isn't necessarily like relaxing per se either. Uh, and kind on your body. There's, um, you know, other things that can be done to continue moving forward. Because I find a lot of the people that come in to see me, they stop doing things like that because they were doing too much before. And now they've spent the last year doing nothing but gentle stuff. And they've gotten so much weaker. So really, like, and again, I'm biased, but strength training is for everyone at all times how hard you push can be easily modulated to make sure that you're consistently making progress uh, and not falling backwards strength training doesn't have to be really strenuous and drive your hormones in the tank it can be for a little while where you're just being consistent lifting weights there's all kinds of studies that show like lifting at 70% or lifting at 55%, people are making strength gains still at working at a little over half of their capacity. So it doesn't have to be really strenuous to make progress. And if we keep beating ourselves into the ground with Orange Theory or CrossFit, when what we need is to build a foundation, we're going to find that like the thing that was helping us initially is not continuing to take us where we want to go. And then we build this inherent belief and identity that I do CrossFit or I am an Orange Theory person or I do yoga. And the same thing that was helping you is now hurting you. And by forming this identity of like, I am this, you're actually stopping yourself from getting where you want to go. Yeah, I think it has to do with nutrition too. Like I am a vegan mm-hmm. or I'm pescatarian mm-hmm. or I'm carnivore mm-hmm. and, or I'm keto. Mm-hmm. And it's like those things can all be really beneficial in, in therapeutic doses at different times of your healing journey and with the right guidance. Like I'm not saying any of those are inherently bad, but I think that when we just we put ourselves in these boxes of this is how I am. And then again, it's like this identity builds around it. And so anything else is just blasphemy to you. It's like, well, wait a second. Like that might actually be helpful for you for a period of time to bring in some meat or to bring in some strength training. And so I just, I see that a lot with clients, unfortunately, where they will put themselves in these things of like, I only do orange theory. And I'm like, okay, but like your cortisol is shot. Like we need to talk about what this, like what the impact of that is and like educate on what are some other alternatives that we can do in the meantime. I'm not saying you have to write it off entirely or you can't ever go back. I'm not saying that. Um, But what I am saying is that we have to be open-minded and let go of these identities because I've put myself in that too. Like I had an identity of, I was for sure going to be a power lifter. And it's like, I was completely messing myself up physically, emotionally, mentally, like it was really taxing on me. I was in no position to be doing that. And I just think like how much sooner I could have felt better if I just would have let go of that identity instead of feeling so tied to it. And Again, I think with a nutrition perspective, we see that too, of people are like, well, I do this and I'm not even going to consider it. And it's like, there's a lot of research and data out there. Like, I'm sorry, but meat is really, really helpful for a lot of people like that animal protein for hormone production and all that stuff. Like people are missing out on that. So is there potentially a way that we can look into incorporating this that feels right for you at the right pace, but just letting go of you feeling like you can't do that because this is how you've, this is how you've been mm-hmm. and just writing it off. And that's the goal with our putting this together is like, your clients are getting a fundamental strength training program to build their base. And if somebody does that two or three days a week and feels good, 
and their body's responding appropriately, their nutrition plan's working well, then there shouldn't be a reason that you couldn't have a fun fitness class where you do Orange Theory once a week or you go to yoga once or twice a week. And those things don't need to be separate. They're just not the foundation for getting better. Um, aerobic fitness is another huge piece that I wouldn't say it's misunderstood. It's, it's not even been started to be understood by most people. Like going to cycling is heart health or going to, you know, taking a run is for my heart health. But most people's entry point is way lower than that. So most fitness classes are anaerobic because you're breathing and panting through your mouth. Your heart rate's maxed out. And most of the aerobic benefits are going to be happening at 50, 60, maybe 70% of your max capacity to allow your heart to be healthier. And we think harder and higher heart rate is like, oh, I must be healthier if I'm just jacking up my heart rate as high as possible. So that stuff too, you know, building a foundation in fitness starts with some aerobic health, starts with some strength training. And then can lead to other fun fitness classes that you really enjoy your time with. From a building strength perspective, why are those fun fitness classes not the answer when it comes to like you were talking about progressive overload? So some arguments that I've heard is like, well, there's a strength portion in this class. Yeah. And again, you can get stronger at fundamentals for a little while like that, like Let's use a TRX row, for example, because that's popular in some classes. You start standing up mostly and you pull your chest to your hands with these cables, essentially. And as you get better, you slide your feet down and you're becoming more. Eventually, you would be becoming uh, horizontal or parallel with the floor and you'd be pulling your body weight up to the strap and back down. Once you can do your body weight. There's no way to continue to progressively overload that exercise. If you are in the gym and you have a dumbbell and you can dumbbell row half your weight, then you just go up to the next weight and go more and more and more and more. You can continue adding load past your body weight. Same thing with push-ups. Like, yeah, you can do one more push-up every day if you want to, or you can use dumbbells and continue to get better. So most people can start with some strength training and see some improvements. But what ends up happening is there just becomes this wall in group fitness classes where there's not enough weight or there's not enough rest time for you to like even catch your breath to be able to lift a heavy weight again. If you're going too fast, like let's say you pick up one weight and jump to the next one, jump to the next one, jump to the next one, you're never going to be able to lift anywhere near 70, 80, 90% of your maximum because your heart rate's too high, you're too fatigued. We need time to slow down and rest and breathe in order to lift heavy weights. Um, so that's just kind of part of those caveats. Is, and again, that's where CrossFit kind of blends a little bit where you are lifting a lot of heavy weights a lot of times and having some time off to breathe. But unless you're a consistent person, unless you're showing up, unless the the programming is really good, you might not squat every week. You might squat every three or four weeks or you might do a clean once a month or and there's just not a, enough consecutive practice with those things. And again, you'll see that you can get stronger for a lot longer in CrossFit than you would at like Orange Theory with bodyweight stuff. But you're still going to start to run into a plateau without really good uh, programming to make sure that you're consistent with some of your lifts. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, I don't think it's because I'm currently pregnant, but just in general, like, I'm like, there's no way I would keep track. Like I'd have to be really cognizant of keeping track of how much weight that I left last week when we did this, or did we even do this move last week? Like there'd be no way for me to really have a concrete understanding of, am I getting better each time I'm doing this exercise? Mm -hmm. Because it does move quickly. The exercises are different week to week anyways. So I'm just thinking like that would be hard for me to even keep track of if, if I was in that position which is kind of what we're talking about is the progressive overload and making sure it's just, it goes along with everything though in health. Like if it's not sexy, a lot of people don't want to do it. You know, it's gotta be flashy. It's gotta be fun. It's gotta be exciting. It's gotta be different because the monotony is really unattractive to a lot of people, but the monotony is what 
set people apart who are successful. Like doing the same thing week after week, month after month, eating the same types of foods to a degree, right? Obviously variety is important, but like you're not coming up with these crazy recipes all the time. Like you're just eating whole foods consistently. You're not drinking, you're sleeping well. Like that stuff always wins. But in our culture, it's really hard for people to get behind that because they want something exciting. There's just always some flashy new toy put in front of their face. So it's really easy to jump into something new all the time. You know, if you lived in the middle of nowhere and the only food you ever had was what was in your house that you grew in the summer and, you know, other family members gave you, you don't get to have food from the Philippines that you went to a store and got and tried. Like you just get what you have and you work with it and people live just fine that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the kind of those new flashy things and somebody saying this is the new best thing for them that it's like, oh, well, I should be doing that or without a critical way to evaluate, is this really best for me? You know, you're kind of just lost at the hands of whoever's in front of you. You know, it, it's people go car shopping from one place to another to try to figure out what's the best deal, what's the safest car, which is, you know, what do I need? What's the best thing for me? And they look at a gym and go, huh, there's a gym. I guess I'll go to that one, you know, without any critical evaluation or thought process or like, why should I pick this place? Why should I give them my money? And are they going to help me achieve the things that I want to achieve in life or, you know, with your own fitness? But we'll critically evaluate other things. I bet if you get a DUI, you're going to interview your lawyers to make sure you get a good lawyer so you're not in jail but we don't seem to give a shit about personal trainers and strength coaches and stuff like that like yeah sure like he's got some certification he must know what he's doing and a lot of times people don't that's a really good point you're right we are it's funny what we decide to be critical of versus not and a lot of times i'm like that's what you decided to be critical of and not this but i mean i know i do it too but Mm -hmm. um anyways I think that we gave a really good explanation as to like what people can expect when they work with you, the workouts. Like I know I'm enjoying them. Like I said, at first I was like, oh, this feels like a little too easy. And, but also, you know, this happened, like I've been working through this while pregnant and it's been really, really insightful for me just to understand my body from a different perspective. So it is nice and we get really good feedback from clients. And so I am happy that we've been able to add this to what clients get as their experience working with both of us. And I know it's just going to continue to help people. And again, just kind of spreading the word of like, okay, this is, this makes sense. And this is really good uh, foundation to have for my health. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, if you're in it, especially if you're doing the programs now, if you're listening to this, or if you're curious, just know that like it starts really simple and you earn your way to the next level. You can think about it as like martial arts. Like if you get a belt, like you don't walk into a martial arts gym and you get a black belt. That's not where people start. And doing deadlifts and doing a bench press and squatting with a barbell on your back, that's a black belt. Like you're doing the most challenging things a lot of times. And you just feel like I should be doing this as soon as I walk in. And nobody i mean you would walk into a martial arts gym and they would just laugh in your face like no like you're a rookie you start with the basic stuff hand me a black belt yeah like (laughs) no that's not how it works and we if we take that same approach to this like you've got to earn each stripe on your belt and you've got to work up and build up so that you earn the right to lift up the barbell Mm -hmm. and lift heavier weights in a way that will take care of your body keep you safe and make sure you're not uh, hurting yourself yeah well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk. I know I've like been asking you to do it for a long time. I'm of glad course. that we did it. Yes, yes. Um, I've, I've been looking forward to it too. We just had to carve out the time. Yeah, we have quite a few things going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, before we finish, I do ask every guest, if you remember, to for a health challenge for the listeners mm-hmm. to focus in on for the week or coming weeks. So it could be something related to what we talked about. But what would you what would you challenge them with from this episode? I think, you know, what we kind of what we talked about is the challenge could be, and we can always put something together that would be great too to have for you guys is like, 
we can create a little PDF or something that could be the health challenge for when we release this. Yeah. Um, so that you can evaluate your squat, evaluate your hinge, evaluate your movement and see where your limitations are and challenge yourself to do the fundamentals to get better and continue to take steps forward in ways that don't have to be, you know, so shiny and uh, crazy, but just simple steps one after the other. And, uh, you know, just evaluate your skills, maybe if in, in a way that maybe you never had before. Maybe nobody's asked you to evaluate your squat. Maybe you've never evaluated a hinge and uh, we can work on providing that for you so that you feel like you have somewhere to start and decide where to begin. I love that. I think that'll be really helpful and powerful for people. So where can people find you on Instagram, your website, if they're interested in talking to you, working with you? Yep. Both are the same. So my website, www.jamesfriernmt.com. So that's a neuromuscular therapist. And my Instagram is the same, jamesfriernmt. So if you need anything, feel free to reach out. Uh, there should be some forms to fill out if you want to reach out on my website. Uh, feel free to shoot me a DM if you have questions or concerns that way. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. I'll have all of his information linked in the show notes. If you have any additional questions for me or James, you know where to find us and we hope that you have a good week. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I so appreciate your interest in holistic health and hope you learned something you can apply to your own life. References from this episode are linked in the show notes, as well as links to find me, Evie, on social media platforms. If you'd like to learn more about services from Holistically Restored, click on the link in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this content, I encourage you to subscribe and also leave a review on Apple Podcast. Until next time, be well, my friends.